Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment to let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. This week's teaching falls on Pentecost weekend, and Clyde is teaching on the theology of baptism through the lens of our series, Living by the Spirit. Coming up on June 4th, we have an online membership class, and if you've been here for a while or joined with us more recently and want to see what being a member at Southview is all about, you can register for this class on Realm or on our website. And speaking of membership, we do have a special meeting of the members coming up on May 31st. It's also virtual to discuss and vote on the elders' recommendation to transfer Southview's Dunkley property to the Western Canadian District. So for those who are members, you can register on our website or on Realm, and pre-read material will be sent out shortly. Lastly, because we've had a number of questions, Clyde's last weekend at Southview is steadily approaching, and it's on June 10 and 11, and there will be three services as per usual. And the best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint, and you can find a link to our viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go on Realm and join the group Southview Family Updates, and that will make sure you're always getting the weekly viewpoint in your inbox. And if you're new with us here in this digital space, we would love to hear from you, and you can find an online connection card at the bottom of that viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. Additionally, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant because God is here and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. Hello, friends. So great to be joined together with you. And for those joining us online, great to be uh, together today. As our order of things is being changed a bit, even as we're continuing in our Living by the Spirit teaching series. Because I'm beginning today with an invitation. And then I'll explain the what and why of the invitation. Today, as it's already been expressed, I'm inviting you to step forward in faith. We have our baptismal tub out here filled with water. And we remember, even as we think of this, that God's word calls those who follow Jesus and desire to follow him to do two things. To repent, which is a word just simply meaning change the way you're thinking and living, turn from where you were and head towards Jesus. So repent and be baptized. Two steps for us. Now, some of you might be here, you already know, my faith is in Jesus, I've repented, I want to follow Jesus, but I know I also need to be baptized. Or perhaps you were baptized as an infant and now as an adult, you want to affirm what your parents did in faith in baptizing you. So I invite you again, right now even, or at any time while I'm talking today, to just stand up. You can head out to one of those two backside doors. One of our team will be out there to guide you in the next steps to be baptized. You won't have to give a speech. You won't have to talk on video. You'll just be baptized. Seriously. Like today. <laughs> yes. 
Again, we have clothes for you, shorts, shirts, towels, all that you need, so that today you can respond to Christ's call to be baptized. You can head back right now, anytime while I'm talking, and if you're a junior or senior high student, if you want to be baptized, we encourage you to be sure your parents are either here with you or supportive of this, so you can go out to the back with them, or you can call them as you get back there. Anytime through all this. And even if you're joining us in by live stream by right now, you can head over here quickly or come to one of our gatherings tomorrow at 9 or 11 if God's stirring your hearts on this. Just don't speed along the way. So, which leads to a question. So, why are we doing this? I mean, for one, it really is because we want to eliminate any unnecessary obstacles that may have been keeping you from being baptized. We want to make it as simple as possible. But we're also doing this because this is a significant weekend. And I know there's a lot happening. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, the French opening is happening, other fun stuff around. Whichever of those kind of has your attention, this weekend actually has an even far more majestic, far more historic, far grander focus. For as Brett said, this is Pentecost weekend. This is a weekend in the church era for, for almost 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have gathered to remember and celebrate the coming and gift of the Holy Spirit on those first followers of Jesus. And as part of that remembrance, there has also been for two millennia an integral element when they gathered. Baptism. And we read of it in the book of Acts, in that profound description of the first Pentecost. And if you recall the details, Jesus had risen from the grave, and then he had ascended into heaven. His followers then huddled together in quite a bit of fear, not knowing what to do next. And this is what we read in Acts chapter 2. And as you hear it, remember, friends, this is a word of God. And it says there, beginning in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues, meaning other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the crowds that were around there from many different nations who were gathered around them saw and heard what was happening, and they started asking, how can these unlearned followers of Jesus be speaking in our languages? And so the apostle Peter steps up with a new Holy Spirit-enabled boldness, and he begins to declare to them the gospel, the good news of what Jesus offers us. And he concludes by saying this. This is in verse 36. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 41, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 individuals on that day repented. They turned their thinking and faith towards Jesus and were baptized that same day. And, and that's why, friends, for nearly two millennia, Pentecost weekend has been a weekend when local churches gather like this to baptize followers of Jesus. So this Pentecost, as is our pattern, we're doing the same. Again, if you haven't been baptized before, I invite you, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, to come and be baptized. Just head out those doors. Don't wait for me. Just head out there, and you'll be guided along the way. Which I think is, then leads us fittingly to ask also, so what is baptism about? Really, like if, if someone were to come to you, a friend were to come to you and say, why do you guys do this? This is one way you could talk about it, one way you could explain it. So let's look at what Scripture says about baptism. Now, you might know that the original Greek word in the Bible that we translate as baptize, it's a Greek word, baptizo. You want to say that one with me? Baptizo. And it literally means to immerse in. So being immersed in water, it symbolizes, for one, being cleansed, but it's also a symbol of dying and being brought back to new life in Jesus Christ. Those two profound symbols of what takes place and what we see there. So that's kind of physically what baptism is. It really is simply a ceremony in which a person who has turned in faith to Jesus is immersed in water. Okay, but why do we do that? Well, it's not just a physical act. And realize this, baptism is not merely a human act. God, by his Holy Spirit, is also present and at work in baptism. In fact, Scripture talks particularly about three elements, three declarations, we could say, that are part of baptism. Now, this might be a review for many, but I think it is a very helpful review. Three elements that we see expressed in really in three different baptisms in Scripture. All right, so let's look kind of quickly at those three baptism stories. And, and the first one, maybe surprisingly, is back 3,400 years ago. Think back that far to the Israelites who were being led by Moses and were crossing the Red Sea to escape their slavery in Egypt. Here's a, one CGI artist depiction of it, just so you kind of get the image in your head of what it might have looked like. Now, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this about that event. This is in 1 Corinthians 10.1. Our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So, Paul is saying here what the Israelites do in going through those waters of the Red Sea was really a first expression of baptism. And we know from the book of Exodus that, again, there were three elements in that baptism in the Red Sea. What were the three elements? For one, that was an act about identity. By that meaning, when they passed through those waters, it was a declaration of their new identity in God. They had been slaves in Egypt, but now they were children of God. They had a new identity. 
But it wasn't just that. Secondly, it was an act of obedience. Now, if you know the Exodus story, the Israelites, you might remember, they didn't want to go towards that water. In, in fact, they cried out, let's go back and be slaves in Egypt. That seems easier. But finally, they chose to obey. And in faith, they moved into those waters. So second, their baptism truly was about obedience to God. And then thirdly, that baptism, even in the Red Sea, was about presence. Because what did God promise the Israelites when they went through the waters of the Red Sea? He promised his presence. And it would be expressed to them in a pillar of cloud by day that guided them through the Red Sea and a pillar of fire by night. In other words, God was saying, as you go through this baptism and on beyond there, I am with you. All right, so three elements of that Red Sea baptism, IOP, identity, obedience, presence. Okay, now let's fast forward about 1,400 years to a second baptism story. And this is Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. Now listen to Matthew's description of Jesus' baptism in light of identity, obedience, and presence. This is in Matthew chapter 3 we're going to read. In Matthew 3 and verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him and said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, that, that's a term that means this was a fulfillment, really, of obedience by Jesus. And then verse 15, then John consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. In, in other words, in whatever that was like, that Spirit descending like a dove, it was declaring, communicating, the presence of God was with him. It was upon him. And then verse 17, it says this, And behold, a voice from heaven then said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So this was also a declaration in Jesus' baptism of the identity of Christ. He is the Son of God. So Jesus' baptism was also about identity, obedience, presence. Okay, then a third baptism story in Scripture. And this is a baptism of followers of Jesus like we read in Acts chapter 2. And this, friends, speaks of us as following Jesus. Because those baptized through faith in Jesus, for one, they received a new identity. They were forgiven. They were children of God now. So that tells us for those baptized here today, they are declaring it, and don't miss this, God is declaring that they have a new identity through faith in Jesus Christ. And then in Acts 2, they were also taking a step of obedience. I mean, as we noted, it was Peter that told them, okay, if you want to follow Jesus, don't just repent. Don't just change the way you're thinking towards Jesus, but also be baptized. So baptism was also a step of obedience. 
And then Peter also said, in their repentance and baptism, what would they receive? Listen to this. Read it again. Acts 2, 38. Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Because God is at work. When you repent and are baptized, you will receive the presence and power of God within you. This promised Holy Spirit. Okay, so three baptisms in Scripture explaining why this baptism here is so essential. That was about, this is about identity, obedience, presence. Okay, now just kind of quickly, one more baptism story. And this one is in Acts chapter 8. Because there's another beautiful and instructive baptism story here, which is so fitting for us today. Because in Acts chapter 8, the Holy Spirit prompts a follower of Jesus, whose name was Philip, to cross the pass on a road with an Ethiopian eunuch. And this Ethiopian eunuch, he was a court official of the queen of the Ethiopians. So as Philip approached him on the road, Philip could hear this eunuch reading prophetic scripture about Jesus from the book of Isaiah. So Philip says to this Ethiopian, are you understanding what you're reading? And the Ethiopian essentially says, how can I unless I get some guidance? And the Ethiopian then asks, so who is this passage talking about? Which tells us that this Ethiopian had very little, if any, understanding about Jesus. And then we read this in verse 35 of Acts 8. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. So really think about this. As far as we know, this was the Ethiopians' first hearing about the new life that's available in Jesus, right? That seems to be the case. And then verse 36 says this. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, well, you haven't known Jesus long enough. No, it doesn't say this. And he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went down in the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. It, it, this is such a great story, and there's so much we can learn and pull from this. But today, there are just two things in particular I want us to note. For one, I want you to note the prerequisites for baptism. Because apparently the only prerequisite as shown here in Acts 8 is simply personal faith in Jesus. Believing the good news about who Jesus is and what he accomplished on your behalf through his life, death, and resurrection. Okay, so let's bring that story, let's bring it to us here. I mean, for those being baptized today, they are not going to be asked... Okay, before you're baptized, can you give the theological explanation of the Trinity? Not going to be asked that. They're not going to be asked, so what spiritual gifts are listed in Romans chapter 12? Not going to be asked that. They're not going to be asked, do you read Scripture regularly in your life? Now, those are important things. No, very important things to be part of or understand along the way. So important. But the only question they're going to be asked in this tub is... Are you declaring today that you have placed your faith in Jesus 
for the forgiveness of your sins and for your hope for eternity. That's it. Because friends, praise God, that is the only prerequisite, just as it was in Acts 2 and in Acts 8. Okay, and then just the second thing I want us to note in Acts 8 is this. Uh, just note the wait time between believing in Christ and baptism here. How long did the Ethiopian need to wait or prepare before being baptized? Really, you could say the same as those in Acts 2. Moments? I mean, there was no wait time for them. As the Ethiopian said, and I just love this, I believe there's water. Who can stop me from being baptized? There's no wait time, no preparation required. All that is required is faith in Jesus. So, friends, we take all of that, and here then is the question on this Pentecost. How about you? I mean, whether you've been following Jesus for many years or perhaps today is a day that you really are first deciding, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I invite you, I call you in Christ to come and be baptized. And I know God is prompting some of you right now in this. So I encourage you to respond to him. So practically, if you're wondering, okay, so how exactly does this work? If, if I'm going to be baptized, what's going to happen? Well, again, you will head out one of those back side doors, invite you to do that, and then one of our team will be out there to guide you. You'll have a short just prayer. We want to pray for you from one of our pastors or elders. And again, we'll have clothes for you to be baptized in, towels for you, a private changing stall. You'll get changed, and then we'll guide you where to go each step of the way. You'll then come to the back, outside along this back hall to be baptized. Again, you're not going to have to talk on video. You're not going to have to share your story up here. You're only going to need to say yes. That's it. And then after being baptized, you'll go back, change into dry clothes, and you can meet your friends or family out in the cardo afterwards. And again, for junior or senior high students, just please head to the back along with your parent or guardian because before being baptized, we want to make sure your parents or guardian know and are supporting you in this. And, and also, let me add this. If you're not physically able to get into water for some serious health reason, we don't want that to hinder you from being baptized. So we will baptize you with an anointing of water right up here at the corner with this. And, and let me be clear on this. I'm not saying if you prefer to be anointed rather than immersed, but saying if, if you physically aren't able to get in the water for some serious health reason, we want you to be baptized. So really the first step for you as well, head to a back door and we have wheelchairs available if, if that's a need for you. So I prompt you with two questions we ask a lot around here. What's God saying to you? And that, that second key question, and then what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? How will you respond to him? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to stand and sing a song of praise together, and then we're going to enter into baptisms. And again, at any point, I invite you to head out to be baptized. But first, let's pray. So Father, guide us in this. I, I pray your still small voice would be heard. I pray that those 
who are being prompted by you to be baptized would have the courage we spoke of already through your Spirit's power and joy in this. And so we pray your blessing on those who are going to be baptized and pray in this you would be glorified. For we do it in the name of your Son, the incredible Jesus Christ, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.